As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. It's time again for the reviewer of the week. And you guys, this one's pretty special because she left an original review. This review is by Witty Diddy. Her original review said, I love this podcast. It's informative, fun to listen to, and encouraging. I love all the good info each week and the more natural approach taken while still considering moms in all kinds of situations. As a first-time mom, I'm just soaking up everything I can. You guys, I just got an update from her. And she included it in a new review. And it says, update, we welcomed our precious baby girl into the world via a water birth at a birth center after a seven and a half hour labor. It was the birth of our dreams. And I owe so much of that to this podcast. The information I learned helped me feel so prepared and confident going into birth. This podcast helped me ask informed questions and helped calm any fears I had. Thank you for what you do. Thank you, Witty Diddy, for leaving the review. Now, I would just love, Witty Diddy, if you sent this entire birth story to hello at myessentialbirth.com, add some pictures in, let us share it on social media if you're up for it. And if not, I just want to hear about the details of this birth, the seven and a half hour water birth at a birth center. That sounds amazing. Again, my favorite thing, you guys, is when you listen to the podcast, you do the work, and you come back to tell me all about how that has been successful for you. It just brings me so much joy. So I think that's awesome. Also, this week's episode is going to be hopefully really helpful if you are in your like third trimester or you're coming up to it and it's that trimester where you're like, I'm not really getting good sleep. (laughs) This is going to be helpful for you. But also on the flip side um, or on the other side of motherhood, when you were like, okay, I gave birth, I'm coming home with this newborn 
what do I need to do to make sleep successful at home? This episode is definitely for you. The other thing I have to say before I introduce our guest is she is a baby sleep consultant. I'll let her introduce all of her beautiful, wonderful credentials and all that stuff in a moment. But she's also giving away a free PDF this week, which will include newborn sleep tips and her favorite products. So Take a listen to this week's episode. I I know you're going to enjoy it. I know you're going to enjoy hearing from her. Um, but also, I'm going to have this in the show notes for you guys to download because it's going to be all the good stuff that's going to make a lot of sense in a couple of minutes. So will you take a moment and please say hi to the audience? Thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me on the podcast today. I am super excited for our conversation and for everyone listening, my name is Unithi Patel, and I am a certified pediatric sleep consultant. I've been in the business for about two years, but really practicing independently on my own with my fellow children for close to five now. Um, before that, I was professionally an epidemiologist. I worked at government agencies such as the VA and the CDC. So kind of using my research background that I have and really implementing it in the pediatric sleep world. So I can provide the parents the evidence-based latest research and use a general holistic approach to when it comes to maneuvering all of your child's sleep struggles. And my main focus is to really make sure that your family is thriving in parenthood. And I do that by sharing all the tips and tricks that you need to become a well-rested family unit. I love that. And I know that moms listening here are going to love this episode because who doesn't want sleep? And isn't this just such a pain that we start dealing with even in pregnancy? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, I know when you and I had chatted, even before jumping on the podcast here, you were talking specifically about how evil it is. And I'm putting that word in, but how terrible it is that that last trimester, like we don't even get sleep and um, how that is just, let's talk about that for a moment. Cause I have always said like, it's so unfair and it's probably practice for what's about to come. Right. But tell me a little bit about pregnancy, that third trimester and your recommendations for moms to be able to get sleep during that time. Yeah, Stephanie. So that last trimester, I'm sure we've all thought about it like, oh, this is just my body prepping me for the sleepless nights that are approaching me soon, right? Well, that's exactly what it's doing because that third trimester, I feel like I hardly got sleep. I know so many of my girlfriends, they hardly got sleep. And it's just, you know, one thing after another, whether that's multiple trips in the middle of the night to use the bathroom or heartburn or, you know, just not getting that comfortable position in the bed, or maybe your partner is taking up too much of the bed and not realizing <laughs> you have a big belly. And so you're kicking them to stop snoring or give you more space or whatever it is. You're just not comfortable enough. Or if you have multiple children and you're pregnant the second, third time around, then you're probably like waking up because of their sleep troubles or, you know, it's one thing after another. And there was this interesting study out of University of California that was um, that the Sleep Foundation cited. And they said that 50% of pregnant moms suffer from insomnia during their pregnancy. So it, it was crazy. Like, you know, half of us have insomnia, which is totally normal, apparently. So there are definitely tips and tricks that you can do to help yourself get better rest and sleep before that new arrival comes. So some of the things that I recommend are 
you know, really taking the time to start having a nighttime routine. A nighttime routine is something I preach to my families with their little ones, but it's so important as a person, right? Whether the, whether you're a mom or a dad, it doesn't matter. A person should have a nighttime routine to help them wind down. So like maybe like warming up a cup of hot tea or getting an Epsom salt bath. Those were like my best things, especially in the last trimester was getting in a bath and like maybe reading a book or listening to some music, burning some candles, um, things like that, that'll really relax you. Another thing is that um, you want to really control the screen time exposure that you're having right before bed, right? That's a huge one. We tell our kids not to watch too much TV before bed. Well, we should practice what we preach as well. (laughs) (laughs) So um, limiting the amount of time you're on your phone and watching TV a few hours before bedtime. My rule of thumb is you know, if you are really trying to break that habit of not being on your phone, then don't even take your phone into your bedroom. And if you need to take your phone into your bedroom, then keep it in the bathroom or on a dresser where it's not next to your bed. So don't keep it on a nightstand. So keep it in a place where you would have to get up because then you're less likely to get the phone and start looking through Instagram or TikTok. (laughs) Um, I am so guilty of this. I use my phone as my alarm. So it's like definitely within arm's reach. And I'm totally with you though. It is a terror for sleep. Yes. Yeah. It messes up your sleep. And even when you're up at like two in the morning and you can't go back to sleep and you grab that phone, well, you're going to have even a harder time going back to sleep. So try to keep it in a place that's not easily accessible. And I highly recommend keeping it outside of your bedroom. Now, if you need it as an alarm, keep it on your dresser or in the bathroom or something like that. Yeah. It's funny that you're, you're saying this though, because I know I've talked to it. Like I'm just picturing like mom in the middle of the night, even with these newborns, you know, after pregnancy and you're nursing and like, what's the first thing you do is you're going to grab that phone and scroll. And I actually love that you're bringing this up because I should probably start preaching this as well. Like, cause I, I'm always like, oh, and so when you're scrolling, you know, here's something you could do, but rather than that, maybe it's like, and try to leave the phone there because your sleep is going to matter so much during this time. And you're right. If you're that blue light and just the, whatever happens to your brain when you're scrolling, just all of it is going to just keep your mind going and not give you good rest, which you totally need at all parts of motherhood. So I'm glad you're talking about this today. I feel like that's really useful information. Yeah. Um, another tip that I want to share with, you know, we were talking about going to the bathroom so many times. Another (laughs) thing I want you to understand is, get a nightlight that you can, um, you know, have in your bedroom because we don't want you to trip right in the middle of the night. Mm. So, or bump your like knee against the bed or something like that. We don't want you to get hurt. So get a nightlight, especially in that third trimester, put it in your room. If your partner has a problem with that extra light, then tell them to sleep in another room. (laughs) But I highly recommend a nightlight because that'll help prevent with the falls or, you know, just the multiple bathroom trips. You're going to need a nightlight just to help you find your way. So what about people who are like, but if I have that nightlight in my room, I'm not going to be able to sleep like it's not dark enough. (laughs) Do you have recommendations? Yeah. So maybe like um, 
get yourself like, you know, in that, in those situations, maybe like a touch light or something or a touch lamp where like a bedside nightstand lamp that you can just touch or turn on yourself. Um, that's just a little bit of light because we don't want it to be bright enough where you're waking up other people that are sleeping in the same room or yourself to be too wide awake once you return back from that bathroom break. Yeah. So maybe like just a small little nightstand lamp. Okay. I like it. Uh, okay. Now I want to talk about like how we set up moms to be successful when we bring these newborns home, because there's always the like sleep when the baby sleeps or that, you know, all these like different conversations that we have when we're bringing baby home. But since this is your forte, I want to hear all about it. Like your very best suggestions for how moms can be set up for success with baby coming home. Yeah. So if, especially if this is your first baby, right, you're going to not have a clue. And I'm going to be honest, like everything is a learning experience, right? From how you're changing your baby's diaper to how you're even latching them, right? Everything is a learning experience. So I want to remind you to always give yourself grace. Okay. Everyone is learning. And the motto that I love sharing with my clients is practice over perfection. Okay. So you might have to practice things with your baby like 10, 20, 30 times. And even at that point, it's not going to be perfect. So as long as you're going in with that mindset that you are practicing, your partner is practicing, all of the caretakers involved are practicing to give everyone involved grace, including yourself, especially yourself. Um, I think that's the mindset you should go with as soon as you bring your baby home. And then before you even bring your baby home, I would recommend create a plan, right? Get a plan ready where you and your partner are on the same page as far as you know, setting boundaries with family, friends that are coming over goals, what you need, make it very clear to other people that are trying to help out, which everyone is trying their best to help out, right? The way that we approach it and the way we accept it is on us. So make it very clear. What do you want rather than just giving them the full advantage of, oh, let me do this because that's what they want. Well, no, that's not what a mom wants. So make it very clear, communicate to everyone involved what you want, set a, set a plan up. Where is that baby going to sleep the first night you bring them home? Are they going to be in your room? Are they going to be in their own room with you sleeping in there, right? Whatever the situation is, create that plan, set up their sleep space well in advance, because we never know when you're going to go into labor, right? So you don't want to <laughs> wait till week 29, week 39 to set up that crib or a bassinet. So pre-plan everything um, because you never know. <laughs> I like um, that. <laughs> yeah. Get everything ready as far as, you know, clothes, bassinet sheets, crib sheets, blankets, which, you know, you one thing that people add on their registry and that's totally fine is swaddle blankets. Let me tell you, swaddle blankets are not effective. They may be pretty for pictures and cuddling and holding them and, you know, all those things, but they do not function as a traditional swaddle should. So if you are in the market for a good swaddle, get a Velcro swaddle. And that will really keep your baby nice and snug and tight where they're able to feel cozy, like giving them that womb-like environment, right? Because that fourth trimester, 
they are still considering that to be a womb-like environment. So that's exactly what you have to create for them outside of the womb. So really keep that in mind. So really soothing them by, you know, bouncing them because what are they doing in your room for those 40 weeks? They're bouncing, right? (laughs) So you want to really bounce with them, rock them, keep them nice and snug, keep their arms nice towards their chest and use a pacifier because even in the womb, they are constantly sucking with their mouth, right? So they need that function of their lips to do that, whether that's through with their hands or with a pacifier, or even like with your nipple, if you're breastfeeding, right? So whatever it is, allow them to use the sucking motion, the rocking motion, kind of like what Dr. Harvey Karp says with the five S's, right? And that's a really great book to reference if you're a first time mom or even a second time mom. Um, the Happiest Baby on the Blocks by Dr. Harvey Karp. He says that the five S's are really essential to that fourth trimester. And it is basically swinging like the bouncing that I was saying, the sucking, which is the pacifier, the fingers and um, side stomach hold. So basically you're putting them on like, you know, either their belly is against your arm or you're holding them on their side where their back is touching your chest, kind of a hold. Um, Another thing is the swaddle, right? So you really want to focus on all of those. And then the last thing is the sound. So those are the shushing sounds. So having a white noise, make sure you have a white noise. You'll really need that for your baby. Um, and so really incorporating those five things into that fourth trimester will really help, especially during those witching hours and colic hours in the middle, in the evening hours, right? So you're probably not going to experience that for a few weeks after you bring baby home, but they will definitely creep up on you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Uh, Yeah, I know everyone that brings their baby home in that first week, they're like, no, they're so good. They sleep so well. And you're like, "Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's that's awesome. I'm not going to say anything for what's coming. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. What do you think for moms that are bringing babies home? Like what, what can they expect? Like, I feel like there's no, I would love to hear something like, you know, week one looks like this week two looks like this, or even those first couple of nights, what can moms expect with their newborns? As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Um, that they're going to be sleeping a lot, right? Their baby is going to be constantly sleeping and some will sleep throughout the day and be partying at night, which is normal. So (laughs) their circadian rhythm, their day night confusion is still 
um, like, you know, it's not established, like their circadian rhythm isn't established by then. It usually takes about six to eight weeks before it gets established and your body naturally produces that melatonin. Up until then, they're really like thriving on mom's hormones that are in their bodies until their own body kicks in and produces that melatonin. So up until that time, your baby's definitely going to have that day-night confusion and what you want to do is really make sure that you wake your baby up during the day. Okay. I don't <laughs> recommend you letting your baby sleep for hours and praising them like, oh my God, you're doing such a good job <laughs> sleeping four hours and during the day. Well, in that four hours, they're probably missing out on two feeds. Um, so we don't want to miss out on feeds, especially if you're planning to breastfeed, you want to make sure that your milk is coming in. So really, you know, latch them as often during the day as you can, even with formula feeding, like you want to make sure they're getting that milk intake, um, every few hours in those first few weeks, I really recommend every hour and a half to two hours. Um, two hours would be the max, I would say, especially in those first three, four weeks. And then after that, you get a good rhythm going, then you can like stretch it out slightly. But until that, I would really recommend you waking your baby up, even though they're sound asleep. And some babies will eat while they are asleep because they're just so drowsy and that's normal too. What you can do is try to get them up as much as you can by undressing them, maybe doing that skin to skin. That's super beneficial in those first few weeks as well. So undress them, get them like super uncomfortable. So they get a little bit awoke. And they can actually drink their milk and get full feeds because that is our number one priority is to get full feeds in them. Um, another thing you can do is you can get like a clean washcloth and wet it with cold water and just lay that on top of your baby, assuming they're undressed, right? So undress them and then lay that wet washcloth on them just to help them feel a little bit uncomfortable, but not too much. And then if they get a little chilly, like if it's winter right now, then you want to maybe keep a little blanket nearby in case they get cold and maybe keep that around their feet or head or something to warm them up a little bit as well. But yeah, just keep them up as much as possible. Another thing you can do is burp them or change their diaper halfway through the feeding. Um, and that'll really wake them up too. Yeah. And that can help with some nursing issues as well. Like if you've got a baby that has like, you know, you have a fast letdown or baby second in a lot of air and you need a break break that yeah. seal for a moment anyways. And while we're talking about sleep, I actually want to take a moment and talk to you about some of Docatot's products, particularly the romper today. So on top of the fact that it is crazy soft, breathable material, they don't use any of those weird artificial uh, like flame resistant, those like nasty chemicals. And it's got this awesome zipper. <laughs> Yes, I am unzipping it as we speak. This awesome zipper on the side that makes it super easy for baby to get in and out of. And it's a safe option for baby to take a nice nap in. So if you're looking for more things like this, you can head to docatot.com and you get 15% off for listening here and using code all caps my essential birth. So again, that's docatot.com for 15% off. Use code my essential birth. You guys, it's more than just the docs, they have plenty of products on there all quality stuff. It's stuff that I would love to be able to use on my little guys. Go check it out there. 
Um, you talked about some baby sleep myths and I would love to hear a couple of those if you're up for it. Yeah. So the biggest one I want to say is you are not spoiling your baby if you hold them too much. Okay. Don't let anyone tell you, um, especially that aunt at Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas holidays that you see like, oh, you are holding your baby way too much. Well, (laughs) no, you are not. Okay. (laughs) You are not spoiling your baby by holding them. I think that's one of the biggest myths out there for parents. And I just want to let you know that you can hold your baby as long as you want. In fact, it is recommended, especially to help with that skin to skin and your milk coming in. So hold that baby, let your partner get some skin to skin action, right? Because they should get some skin to skin too. It's not just about you. It's about them too. So make sure they're holding the baby too. And, you know, just hold your baby and worry about any, everything else that comes from it later down the line. But yeah, just enjoy those cuddles for right now. And if you can't, like, if you can't hold the baby, obviously, and you have other children around, then baby wear, baby wear is a great option. That's all I did with my second, because I had a toddler, like a two-year-old at that point when I had my second newborn. So I would baby wear my son all the time. And I just loved it. Yeah. Do you find that um, like baby wearing or holding your baby a lot brings upon better sleep or are there studies behind this? Like what are, what's the background there? Yeah. So it definitely helps with attachment, right? Like some kind of connection with your child. So you want to keep that in mind. The skin to skin really helps with your milk, obviously. So um, it I'm not really sure about long-term effects of it, but it definitely helps with the short-term like impacts of your milk and attachment. And, you know, it, it has some impact on the sleep as well, where they're more likely to fall asleep while you're holding them than independently. So that has an impact on their sleep as well. But um, with that comes all those sleep associations that moms worry about, right? Like I don't want to constantly hold my baby to sleep. Um, right. So if that's your fear, then let me tell you that you can totally break out of that association when you are ready. And the key thing here is when you are ready, do it when you are ready and it's an easy process. And I've worked with numerous families to break that association. And it has been done successfully with limited tears. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Cause my next question was kind of like, um, and I'm guilty of this. I share this on my podcast. I've shared this with other women, you know, this whole cry it out method. Cause I was told early on, like they need to self soothe. This is like, in my opinion, the lies that we're told. Um, because I, and I did, I did that for, oh my gosh, when my little guy was little for about a month. And I just remember like being so torn up inside thinking, you know, this can't be right. And, um, but just, I was told to do this and I do need a break and all of that. And feeling very much the opposite now that like this little guy is not, you know, he doesn't need to self-soothe. He needs a mom. (laughs) Like He needs me next to him and he needs, you know, love and cuddles and all those things. Um, but he was tricky and I did have a hard time with sleep. Um, so what would you say to somebody kind of going through that or wondering about these different methods, you know, out there when it comes to baby sleep? Yeah. So going along the myths 
this is another myth that I want to bust is that sleep training does not equal cry it out. In fact, they're totally different things. Sleep training or teaching is more involved where you're kind of um, present in helping your child self-regulate while you're also, you know, self-regulating. So it's kind of like a co-regulation kind of environment. So you want to give that child space, but at the same time, you're not crying it out because by definition, what cried out is, is basically leaving them in their sleep space and not attending to them until like the next morning or, you know, after they're done with their nap window, things like that. Whereas with sleep training, and this is how I practice, I can't speak for everyone who does sleep training, but how I practice is I have my families very involved in the process. They they are in the room if they choose, um, some choose to be out of the room. So it's totally dependent on the families, but you can be as involved as you like. And if that means holding your baby and then putting them down after they're like a little bit, you know, sleepy, I know drowsy, but awake has a bad connotation and association with it in the sleep world, but you know, it works for my families. And then we slowly get out of that drowsy phase and start putting them down a completely awake. And that's how I approach sleep training. Mm -hmm. So it's not really like cold Turkey where you're just stopping the whole drowsy, but awake, and then going straight to putting them down awake. Um, I don't like to do that, even though drowsy, but awake doesn't work. It works for some, and I've seen it successfully work for my families that I work with. So I, I do like that approach. And then we slowly fade out of it. Um, and then get your baby to sleep more awake. And it does involve some cries, but that crying level is totally dependent on what you can handle as a parent, right? Because you are in the room with them. You're in the house with them. You're their parent. I can tell you, or another sleep consultant can tell you, do this, do that. But at the end of the day, it's you who's doing the action, right? So you have full control. And that's what I give to my clients is full control of what they want to do, as long as it's leading us in the right direction. And remember going back to what I said, practice over perfection. So we're just practicing. And even if it takes us taking like, you know, small steps, that's totally fine. And that's the approach I take with my clients. Um, and I do say to them that babies cry, you know, that's the way they communicate with us. So there will be some level of crying involved. I never say there's no crying, right? Because no crying with a baby. I I have never met a baby who doesn't cry. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for real. Yeah. And we've done all different kinds of things. Just my family for trying to figure out sleep and some have worked and some haven't and some have worked better with other children and some, you know, it's just kind of like that toss up and personality and trying to figure that all out. I know one of my favorite things that I was told, and you can tell me if this is like no good information. So feel free to, you know, but it did end up working for us. There were a couple little tips that I really liked. One was when I transferred my baby from being with me in my bed and in my room because we um, we did bed sharing and I loved it as a nursing mom. Um, but when I did transfer them into their own room, which must be scary for a little guy, you know, used to like the warm bed with the parents, you can hear people shuffling, all that stuff. And now you're in a dark room by yourself. I feel like that mm-hmm. would be scary. Um, it was actually my mother-in-law that was like, heat up a water bottle 
and stick it underneath the, um, the blanket, like where they can't get it, you know, like underneath the mattress blanket, just against them. Um, and my baby did like that, like that extra warmth, which I thought, oh, that's kind of nice. And then as they fall asleep, obviously that warmth goes away. But the other thing as far as like sleeping was, um, to put them down awake in this case. And when they start crying, wait, two minutes and then go in, give them a hug, kiss them. I love you. Lay them back down and then wait four minutes and then go back in. And I did that with my second and granted he was a little bit older. It was probably around nine months. And I think I got to like, you're supposed to like double it. This is what I was told, like double it every time, you know? And I think I got to like, oh gosh, so two, four, six, eight. Like I had been in that room. It took me maybe five times that first night and he slept after that. And I was like, what? I could have done this weeks ago, like months yeah. ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was so awesome that I'm like, even just having somebody on your team that's like, hey, I have some tips for you and you will mm-hmm. sleep again and your baby can sleep and it's not harming them to like ha- like figure this out for themselves, you know, that was yeah. huge. And then even just getting a couple extra hours, you know, even if it only granted me another two hours, I mean, you feel like a new woman when you get an extra oh, two yeah. hours. <laughs> Totally. So, yeah. And two, two consolidated hours, right? That's the yeah. important part that it's consolidated yes. sleep and not broken. I feel like right. as new moms, we get broken sleep. And yeah. that's another like thing that I tell my clients is that try to take shifts. So if you can handle like shift, um, if your partner can handle the first shift from like, you know, bedtime to like one or two in the morning, and then you can handle that two to 7am shift. Um, I feel like that really helps with both parents getting a consolidated sleep. Um, so I really recommend that. And going back to what you said with that warm bottle, Stephanie, I recommend that tip all the time, but instead of, Oh, do you, I didn't even know that was like a sleep thing. I was just like, (laughs) thank you, mother-in-law. I love you. (laughs) So I like to use the heating pad. So if you turn the heating pad on and put that in either the bassinet or the crib and get that sleep space all warmed up and cozy, and then you transfer them, it's the same concept, right? But make sure you remove the heating pad before you place your baby. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah. What a big difference. I mean, I think of myself, it's the same thing. I don't like jumping into a cold bed and they're Mm -hmm. poor beds. I mean, not that they have any say in it, but for their safety or like stiff as a board, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. so it's not this like soft, comfy, like a mom's body or, or like my, you know, pillow top over here. (laughs) It's nothing like that. So yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even know that was like a legit, like I said, I'm like, these things (laughs) just worked for me and I liked them. So that's, so cool. Um, well, I, I don't want to take too much of your time. I know that you're a busy lady yourself. I love though, that you are able to practice with your own kids that you're like, we're going to try this out. Also, I have all these skills and let's see what works and transfer that on to my moms. I can relate to this kind of teaching for sure. Um, but I want people to know where they can connect with you because not only you, you've got something really neat coming out and I'll let you talk about that in a moment, but you also take one-on-one clients, which I absolutely love just that one-on-one. Like if you're hearing Unadi today and you're like, yes, I want to work with her or I like the sound of her voice or her ideas. And like, I want to connect with her. Like you can literally reach out and talk to her one-on-one, which I love. Um, but tell me all the things about you and then all the places that everyone can find you. Yeah. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, so I am the owner of nested, trusted sleep, and I am literally that name on all social platforms. 
And I am found on Instagram. My website is nestedtoresetsleep.com. I'm on Facebook, Pinterest, everywhere. I'm predominantly on Instagram. So if you send me a DM, I'd love to connect with you over there. Make sure you tell me that you came from this podcast and (laughs) Stephanie sent you. And to everyone that's listening, I am launching my newborn sleep course in January. So you are one of the first to know this. So you get all the good information in the sleep course. There's, um, you know, everything from mom's sleep, mom's mental health information. I have some guest speakers, guest experts giving advice on lactation, formula feeding back to work for all of those moms returning back to work after that short maternity leave that we have here in the U.S. (laughs) Um, And then I have, you know, tons of support for you, whoever buys the newborn sleep course, because my philosophy is really to never let you feel like you're alone. So even if you purchase a course, you will always get my support. And that is one of the big options that you have when you purchase this course is to get support from me inside of my private community that's only available to my clients. And I hold like monthly coaching calls in there. So you always have access to me, never feel alone. And I feel like that is a huge part as a first time mom or even, you know, second, third, fourth time mom is whenever we have a newborn, we feel isolated a lot of times. And my goal is not to let you feel isolated because I remember very well how that felt and it's not a good feeling. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is not. (laughs) No. And so everyone listening, you get a special discount code MEB10 for 10% off. Um, any one-on-one service that you would like to book with me. And I do offer free discovery calls. If that's something you wanted to do further chat with me before you made your decision, if working with me was the right thing for you. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time and your wisdom. And I hope that you will have plenty of people reaching out to you because I know this is something that's going to bless a lot of new moms lives. So thank you so much for being here today. Yes. Thank you, Stephanie, for having me. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.